0: Five times. Five times we have now pulled the wool over their eyes and let us have a video podcast, even though we look much better on the radio. It's Hang Time Indiana from State Champs Indiana. I'm Greg Rakestraw, Vice President of the ISC Sports Network, joined by Drake Wally, who's the Vice President of something. He broadcasts for Shine 99 High School Sports in the Frankfurt and Clinton
1: County area. Drake, it is good to see you as always. Always, Greg. And, uh, you know, it's great to be here once again for the fifth installment, but as I want to do and want to remind everybody to do is that we have this show every Wednesday. State Champs brings you Hangtime Indiana for all things Indiana basketball, girls, boys, everything, if you want to keep up to date. Also, there's wonderful highlights on our Facebook page at State Champs Indiana and also Also on Twitter at State Champs Indy. Now, before I give you the floor, we will be discussing in depth. Each of the 16 teams that are going to be in the 1-4A through 4A semi, uh, semi-state championship games. But before we do that, we do have the boys to talk about. So Greg, now I will give you the floor. All right, so generally
0: we always start by some sort of Warren Central reference uh, on the top of the show. They were rated by Max perhaps 16th in the nation, still number one in the state of Indiana. There's been very little movement since LC and Warren Central played twice in one week in their regular season game, which LC won in the Marion County Championship championship uh, on Monday, January the 14th, which Warren Central won. It's been Warren 1, Carmel 2, LC3. Warren and Carmel play on Friday night. So this past week for the Big 3 and 4A, it was somewhat about holding serve. The game, though, that caught my attention was the game that I had a chance to broadcast on the ISC Sports Network on Saturday night was Cathedral and South Bend Riley. Now, we could go South Bend. Riley lost to Penn, who's only lost twice all year. That game was 63-61 in favor of Penn. That was on February the 2nd. So a Saturday later... South Bend Riley made the long trip to play Cathedral in Indianapolis, and South Bend Riley held their own. Uh, The Wildcats of Riley were down by three at halftime. Cathedral took a 13-0 run in the third quarter to kind of separate themselves. Riley never went away, never got closer than a couple of possessions. Cathedral won that game 69-61, to and IU-bound Armand Franklin was his typical fantastic self. Always. On a night where they honored him for scoring 1,000 points in his career, actually, that a month earlier when they won the Wedding Invitational over in Richmond in late December, uh, Armand scored 28 points. Grant Tog off the bench had 14. This Cathedral team has experience. They have depth. They also have to be in the same sectional as Warren Central and Lawrence Central, not to mention a very good Lawrence North team in that mix as well. Of those four, say, top 15 teams in the state, only one gets to advance out of the first round of the IHSA State Tournament. Those teams are used to it. That sectional oh, yeah, kind of the group of death, to use the soccer term. Those guys just beat each <laughs> other up. Yes. But again, Cathedral looked the part. But I, I walked out of the gymnasium at Cathedral last Saturday night Almost as impressed by South Ben Riley. Not that the cathedral did not play well, they did, mm-hmm. but for a four-A power outside of Indianapolis to hang on a four A power Indianapolis' home court. Impressed me a lot. Jared Drake, first-year head coach at South Bend-Riley. His team will not be an easy out. They made the semi-state last year with Demisey Anderson now playing at IU. Graduated several D1-level talents off of that team, and they're still a very good basketball team. South Bend-Riley and Penn will be a good matchup at some point in the northern part of the state in the early rounds of the tournament. But again, South Bend-Riley held their own. The other team that I think deserves a mention in this segment of the program would be Delta. Delta being the only undefeated team left in the state of Indiana, number 1 in class 3A and 20 and 0, a come from behind victory over the Luke Bumbleo led Newcastle Trojans, Delta won 61-55. They've got 3 games left on their schedule as of the last 2 weeks. Frankly, I think they are three games in which they are going to win, which should put them at 23 and 0 on the season. Let's not coop up the Eagles anymore.
1: And speaking of Delta, let's let, let, we let them fly. Have have right, a here. wonderful jersey here on state champs from Delta. Absolutely amazing performance there. Coach, De-
0: Coach Detweiler's done a tremendous job in his second year at Delta. Uh, last year, I think they finished 18-7. and Obviously, this year, 20-0. and He it's did a tremendous record. job at Union County for many years before taking the Delta job. This is a Delta program that has some great history. They made a long run the last year, the single-class state tournament in 97. They were the 3A champs in 2002. That program has kind of gone dormant for the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. But they're a team that, uh, again, can make a deep run of the tournament. Although, they'd have to see Newcastle again. They've got Hamilton Heights again. And, oh, yes, there is this matter of uh, Luke Brown of Blackford that is in that exact same sectional, sectional 24. And, of course, the boys' sectional pairings get announced this coming weekend. So we'll have that talk about, too. So of the hundreds of results from across the state of indiana those were the two that kind of jumped out to me uh, over the last week
1: and we will definitely be covering boys sectionals coming up but before we can do that we're going to go right back to where we started and that is to discuss all of the matchups. We're going to talk about them all 1A through 4A, all eight games. We're going to, I'm going to personally dive into the players, the coaches, the statistics, and Greg is going to give you the top stories and some of the things to really look for in some of these matchups. So where we're going to start off is we're going to start off with the Northfield Norseman against the Marquette Catholic Blazers. Greg, tell us a little bit about what gets you excited about that matchup.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll kind of take it class by class in, in terms of the overarching view, mm-hmm. and in this case, it's that the pollster got it right. And sometimes geography plays a role in this too. Mm-hmm. But literally, the top four teams in 1A are the four teams that are still left playing in the semi-state. Number one, Marquette Catholic, the defending state champs with the Nolan Twins, both going to play at St. John's next year. And head coach Katie Kalignan has done a tremendous job with that program. But they are the defending 1A champs, the team we thought would make it back to Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Now Northfield is the team that kind of stands in their way. Mm -hmm. And the Southern matchup would be Reve and University. Again, can Grace Wagner and Reve, much as they have done so far in the tournament, really haven't been that closely challenged in the first two weeks. University is, is other than Lagoti, really clearly the best team they have played so far in what will now be week three of the tournament. Literally last February, the thought was, we will see Marquette Catholic and vincennes Rivé together again mm-hmm. 52 weeks later. Each team
1: is one win away from having that return date at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And you know, to kind of go into these games a little more, we'll start with the Northfield Norsemen against the Marquette Catholic Blazers. Now with the Northfield Norsemen, they are coached very well by Melissa Allen. And to go into how well they're coached, 61 points a game, 30 rebounds, 14 assists, 14 steals now not many blocks but when you can when you can pilfer the basketball like that and then shoot 46 percent on the other side that's going to give you a pretty good chance to win well
0: obviously those numbers tell you something Uh, in terms of the seals are going to want to get after you and Mm -hmm. and really guard you for the length of 84 feet again Marquette Catholic has an experienced backcourt it's the size of the Nolan twins that I think that could give Northfield some fits in this contest again This is a Marquette Catholic team that has been to this round and passed it. Does the experience factor play a role as far as the Blazers are concerned.
1: Well, and with and with the, uh, the Norsemen we have Ariel Dale, who is the senior guard, 16 points every single game. Kelsey Thompson accompanies her with 12 points a game, 6 rebounds. Now we do need to go to the Blazers, and I am going to, as Greg has alluded to, I'm going to discuss the Nolan twins. You talk about 60 points a game, 30 rebounds, and 16 assists. Between Emma and Sophia, they average 37 of the team's 60 points, they average 15 of the team's 30 rebounds, and they average half of the team's assists those are going to be the two that you're going to have to absolutely stop detrimental to winning that game and oftentimes their best offense is go get it off the glass <laughs> which again with which their size their athleticism is not that big of a surprise and then the next game that we're going to be following is university trailblazers versus vincent revay obviously the trailblazers justin blanding he's got lindsey Syrek playing well jordan mcguire averaging 70 points a game and they're going to face that Patriots squad coached by rich marshall marshall who's completely undefeated that's going to be an awesome game too as well greg now, about it and coach marshall's a great story he was at north knox for many
0: years still teaches at north knox high school but kind of got back into coaching after being away from it for a while at vincent's Reveille last year took them all the way to the state championship game again they have been there more years than they haven't in the last decade and grace wagner is kind of the next in that line of great players that Réveille has had the one thing that you've got, Reve has played a fantastic schedule because, mm. again, they've gotten their girls' basketball program to a point where they know they're going to be good, even with as small of a high school, less than 100 students that Reve has. They know they're a state contender every year. University being in the metro Indianapolis area does that have have that chance to play some larger school competition. So again, much like we said in the northern bracket, the experience factor goes to Reve. This is a university that's been pretty good for the last several years. I think that game's going to be a really
1: good one. Well, and speaking of getting a little bit bigger here, we're going to get larger with the classes. We're moving straight on to 2A Class class 2A basketball, Oak Hill Golden Eagles against the Central Noble Lady Cougars. Greg, what really gets you happy about seeing those two play each other here in semi-state?
0: Well, much like we had in 1A, the same thing in 2A. The two teams that played at Bankers Life Fieldhouse last year are still playing, and we thought because of both teams returning their entire starting fives that we go, all right, Central Noble and Winchester, we'll see you again in 52 weeks. And we are almost to that point. Now, for Central Noble, uh, the two key players, Sidney Freeman, Malia Leatherman. Perfect inside-outside combination. For Oak Hill, this is a story of a program that is perpetually playing in state finals. What the job that Todd Law has done for many years at Oak Hill has just been tremendous. Go back to Courtney Moses being Miss Basketball about a decade or so ago and then playing at Purdue University. You now have gotten to this next generation. They were the runners-up two years ago to eastern of Pekin, uh, and now can they get back to Bankers Life Fieldhouse? Central Noble is going to be a tough out. But you're talking about number one and number three in the state Mm. between these two teams. Again, frankly, these are the two teams we thought would be in the semi-state. I think you got to give the edge to Central Noble just because of the talent they returned back from last year's state championship run. But if there is a team they will play that won't be in awe of them,
1: Oak Hill would be that team. Well, and as you alluded to, Greg, uh, Todd Law has got the Oak Hill squad playing very well, 23-4. They recently, the most recent victory they had was against a good, Tipton Blue Devils team. Tipton every year, boys, girls, it does not matter where you cut it. They always play really good basketball, so that's a team you have to watch as the Oak Hill. You say players. the same thing about Oak Hill. You, I mean, literally you <laughs> say
0: the same thing about both those programs. You know they're going to be good every
1: year. And then you know you also have the Central Noble Lady Cougars. Uh, Josh Trish has got them 27-0. Sydney Freeman, as you alluded to, and Malia Leatherman, they're absolutely playing wonderful. Now the next match up is Evansville Matter Day Lady Wildcats against the Winchester Community Golden Falcons. Greg, take the floor. Well, Holly Gutierrez of Winchester again has her team back in the state championship.
0: And, and the big kind of question mark for Winchester, the big stumbling block and, and not that you think they could get over it, but Triton Central was number two in the state. Winchester mm. comes in at number four. And so what was going to happen when those two teams got together? It was obviously Winchester that got the dubs. So all of those players had that experience being back from a season ago. They've had to overcome some injuries throughout the course of this year as well. So it's truly really a battle-tested group. Modern day, go back four, five, six years, they made runs the state champion on a regular basis. And again, modern day, you can say this about most sports at modern day. Members of the Southern Indiana Athletic Conference, they are the smallest school in that league, so they're playing a lot of 3A and 4A competition. So again, it's not overly surprising that they made it this far in the state tournament and they have played as good of a schedule as they could to get them ready for Winchester. You'd probably say Winchester is a slight favorite, but but yet again, modern Day will be ready to roll for that game on Saturday.
1: Well, and as you said, they defeated Triton Central 52-51. to 51. They defeated Weibo. They looked very strong offensively and defeated two good teams pretty soundly and then with the Lady Wildcats, they had close victories and they actually had to edge by South Ripley and Eastern.
0: But this thing that stands out about those two games is the amount of points they give up. They give up 55 points, not per game, in two games combined. South Ripley, who was in that regional last year, made the regional final at Paoli. They had 23 points and the uh, the state champ two years ago in eastern of scored just 32 points so clearly what modern day does well is defense Winchester will try to speed up that tempo if they can I think the pace of that game on Saturday is going to be awfully big
1: 2a girls basketball is going to be very amazing to watch and now we're going to move on to 3a Marion Giants against we're going to talk about them again the Northwestern Lady Tigers Go ahead, Greg. Well, Madison Layton was one of the IBCA players of the week for her
0: efforts in getting Northwestern to that point. But what is unique about Marion is the size that they have. Because what makes Layden and Bostic so special at six one and six one is the way they can play on the floor, especially Madison Layden at six one, really is more of a guard, mm-hmm. but has the athleticism to to defend bigger players yes. if she has to. So now you've got Marion at six one and six six with Turner and Kyle that can provide size that matches up with Northwestern. Again, I think Northwestern's overall athleticism might probably be too much for Marion. But in terms of seeing someone that just getting off the bus matches up with Northwestern, they don't do that very often, at least at the 3A level. They do at the 4A level with the great schedule that they play. And I think that's what will help them overcome the challenge of a very good Marion team. Marion had to get past Angola in the championship game of their regional. Uh, Marion's been building this for quite some time. I just don't know if they've got enough to get over Northwestern. But still, just to get out of a sectional where Marion was unranked, despite being the North Central Conference champions, where they were in the same sectional as number 3 and number 4 in Norwell and Belmont. Great accomplishment for them just to get out of the sectional. Then to cap that off with two more victories in the regional round, also impressive. I think Northwestern's the better team, but I don't think that Marion's
1: going to get blown out in this one either. And against Northwestern? Frankly, that's saying something. Well, and when you've got players like Turner and Kyle, which, by the way, Rashaya Kyle is six foot six. She averages a double-double and is a tower in the paint, averaging two and a half blocks a game. Then, obviously, we go over to Madison Layden and Kendall Bostic. Layden averages 22 points. Bostick averages almost 20. That is going to be, in my opinion, a spectacle of a game. I think it's going to be wonderful. Well,
0: frankly, Madison Layden, I mean, there'll be some zone. Because, and Northwestern loves to put the wingspan of Layden, her mom as the head coach, <laughs> Kathy wants to put Madison on top of that zone right. uh, and, and really pack it and make it tough to score. If there's kind of a man-versus-man assignment, uh, expect Kendall Bostick to cover the post player, and you will have Madison Layden kind of covering that wing player. But again, expect Northwestern to play a lot of zone in that game as well.
1: One thing to leave here with this game is that Marion will have to play top-notch defense because on the season, Northwestern shoots 52 A blistering number. It's because they get to the rim a lot. (laughs) And to move on from that game, we also have another very exciting game in three. We have the Salem Lady Lions against the Benton Central Lady Bison. I know you alluded to this game before that it was kind of a little bit of a crazy situation.
0: Well, Benton Central is by far the northernmost team in the southern half of the bracket, Mm -hmm. and you always, you know, you're saying, okay, we don't, we want to have sectionals that have six or seven teams to make things as balanced, and so Benton Central kind of got sent south a couple of years ago in the latest round of redistricting. That is a perennial girls' basketball powerhouse. What is unique is that they and Northwestern are in the same conference, yet they're in different divisions. They do not play each other during the regular season. They did not match up each other in the conference championship game because Northwestern was beaten by Lafayette Central. I'm sorry, Benton Central was beaten by Lafayette Central Catholic, so they did not play each other in the conference championship game. Now Benton Central and Northwestern could play in the state finals, being in the same conference, yet not having played during the regular season. Stuff like that doesn't happen very often. Now, Salem obviously is going to get in their way. And Salem is a team we've kind of been looking at for the Mm -hmm. last couple of years. Uh, Salem won their conference, the Mid-Southern Conference, for the first time this year. They won their sectional last year. But what has been unique about Salem is that they are in the same enrollment classification in 3A as North Harrison. North Harrison made back-to-back state finals in 3A and have played up in 4A the last couple of years however Salem beat North Harrison not once but twice when they played this year so Salem came from a regional at Charlestown where all four teams in that regional were in the top 10 so they won just to get out of that group shows you how good they are it's a Benton Central team that again there's one of those programs like you mentioned Oak Hill and Tipton mm-hmm. at Benton Central Absolutely. you go you're going to win every year there is that <laughs> level expectation. of, of, of expectations at Benton Central so from a program standpoint I think Benton Central has, has the better history. In terms of talent, probably you lean to Salem in this matchup. But again, because of the schedules both of them play, this should be a great game.
1: Well, and just to highlight what both of these teams did in regional, Salem, they're they they finished. They're currently 23-3, and very good record under Jerry Hickey, but they narrowly edged Bishop Chetard by one. They narrowly edged Danville by four. Both very good teams, and then Benton Central 26-4. They kind of cleaned Greensburg and they kind of cleaned Gibson Southern. So you've got two teams that had to struggle to get their wins and two teams that kind of coasted a little bit more. That seems to be a pretty interesting setup for a really good semi-state game. Yeah, no doubt about that. Absolutely. Well, and briefly just to discuss the games that these teams played in regional. Salem, they actually had a pretty easy go of it, or at least it seems based off the scoreboard. If Greensburg, they defeated them 59 to 45, and then they went on to defeat Gibson Southern 71 to 50. But then Benton Central had a little tougher time. They had to play bishop chatard edged by one point and then they beat danville by four really good setup for a really good semi-state but game. the commonality is that
0: the two the, each of those teams beat a team that won their regional last year so when benton central got by danville danville was the team that was the defending regional champs when salem got by greensburg greensburg were the defending regional champs so again to be the man, you got to beat the man, something
1: along those Absolutely. lines. Absolutely. gets involved in there somewhere. Uh, and so it kind of gives you the, the point as to how good these two teams are. Well, and then, of course, we cannot talk about sectional girls basketball without talking about the 4A class. We have Hamilton Southeastern Lady Royals, Crown Point Lady Bulldogs. You've talked a lot about both these teams. And just last week, we re- uh, talked a little bit about Crown Point. So uh, uh, go into a little more depth about those teams. Well, Crown Point, undefeated on the season, beat another then-undefeated
0: team in Penn to win their regional championship. and I. Think think what you're looking at here is potentially Miss Basketball this year and Miss Basketball three years from now. Sydney Parrish I think has to be the favorite from mm-hmm. Hamilton Southeastern. Absolutely. Best player on the number one team in 4A against Jessica Carruthers super talented freshman from Crown Point. Crown Point was a winning team last year, but nowhere near to this level with her being added in as a freshman. So again, you would probably lean towards Hamilton Southeastern, led by the senior star in this one. But uh, if
1: Crown Point hasn't lost to this point, don't think exactly thinking about losing this one either. Yeah. This should be a good game. Well, and you know, to go in a little more depth about some of these players, Sydney Parrish, she is uh, averaging 21 points a game, seven rebounds. She's leading the Hamilton Southeastern team very well, and she's being accompanied by Amaza Hamilton, who is 6'2", 12 points, crashes the boards at six a game. And then if you go on to Crown Point, coached very well by Chris Siebert, you have Jessica Crothers, who, as you alluded to, is only a freshman, averaging 22 points, five rebounds, Five steals. She is only a freshman. Man, you have to get excited about that kind of production for someone so young. And one of the things you'll see in this game is defense, defense, defense. Absolutely. They might do it
0: in different ways, but this, expect a low-scoring game because of how both teams can kind of get
1: after whether it's in half court or in the full court. So, of course, we have one more game to cover here. It's a big one for four A. We have the Castle Lady Knights and the Lawrence North Cats. What do you expect to see in this big game? Well, Lawrence North, you know, has has survived the gauntlet, you know, <laughs> yeah. to get to this point. Yes, uh, they have.
0: And, and and the draw to some degree helps. You know, Warren Central and North Central played each other the first night. Then L.N. was able to beat the winner of that game in North Central. Then they're able to get past Heritage Christian on a Monday night. Then you've got to be able to get by Ben Davis, you know, in that regional as well. That does not mean that Castle's Road has been easy. Maybe it was easier in the sectional round, but for them to be able to get by Bedford North Lawrence, uh, who's outstanding every year in the regional championship, tells you I not know about Castle. Again, I would lean towards Lawrence North mm-hmm. because of the level of competition. They play game in, game out, being in Marion County, being in the Mick. But uh, there are no chumps that make the semi-state. Absolutely. You, you have to win at least four games and likely five to get to this point. That means you're pretty good.
1: LN, I think, is the favorite, but don't be stunned if Castle gets the dub on Saturday. Well, and let's not forget how well Robert Meyer has coached this team, and Jessica Nunji is doing very well, averaging 16-plus points a game. Natalie Newhouse, 13 points a game. And then if you go on to Lawrence North's side, they defeated two pretty, pretty good teams to get to this point, Mooresville and Ben Davis. Great game upcoming. Yeah, Mooresville was kind of an upset win over Brownsburg uh, to get to that point. Mm
0: -hmm. But again, Ben Davis being a conference rival, uh, I I think you thought that uh, anyone that came out of sectional 10 was going to be the favorite to win that regional. Absolutely. I'm just not sure many thought it was going to be Lawrence North out of that group. But again, uh, if you look at whom they have played
1: all year, you know they're good each and every year. Well, now we have covered some boys sectionals that are coming up in the drawings. We've covered what we're going to see for the semi state girls. But now. We've hit the climactic point of the show where we need to find out what is on Greg Rakestraw's radar for the week. I've talked up Carmel and Warren Central for a month.
0: Mm -hmm. So I kind of think that has to have our attention on Friday night. Number one versus number two. They played twice last year. It was one possession games both times. Antoine Cushenberry, now graduated from Warren Central, hit the game winner with the second left to go last February. Warren Central came from behind to cap off a 32-0 season the last time these teams played uh, March... 24th i think would be the exact date if i got that right from a season ago better than my memory well let's just say convincing people believe you uh (laughs) in the 4a state championship game so this has been marked in the calendar for the better part of 11 months it will be huge uh big game that game up at carmel coming up uh, on friday night there's other big games on the area as well i'll have ben davis in cathedral again cathedral seventh in the ap poll sixth in the coaches poll Ben Davis, not in the AP, but they are in the top 20, and I'll, I said it earlier and I'll bring it up again. They have seven losses, literally all the teams in the top 12 of the state of Indiana, and they have significant division and talent. That will be good, but also some recognition for the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. The job that Matt Moore has done at Fishers this year has been tremendous. They've kind of flown under the radar. They're 5-1 in the HCC. If they can beat Zionsville, who is 6-0 oh on Friday night, that game is at Fishers then Fishers would claim a share of the HCC championship. And given the fact they would have beaten the team they are tied with, if they wanted to claim the banner, I would not argue with them. Sean Busick's team, led by Isaiah Thompson, bound for Purdue University, wants to run the gauntlet and run the table and go 7-0 in that conference. So we are getting down to the time of the year where obviously we're about two weeks away from the start of the state tournament. Mm-hmm. You're seeing some conference championships wrapped up. You'll see that happen in both the MIC and the HCC in the Indianapolis area this weekend so
1: we've got the boys sectional drawings coming up we've got the girls semi-state championships that are going to be concluded here in about a week's time and we will be on the show next week to talk a little bit more about sectionals with the boys and to talk about the state championships with the girls and it's going to be one heck of a week in basketball one late edition breaking news on the radar that I want to add let's face it if
0: you're watching this podcast you're probably better at basketball than you are romance. So let me give you a tip on (laughs) Valentine's Day. Go to Marion and watch Fort Wayne Blackhawk and Marion play each other. The game was supposed to be on Tuesday, but uh, some sort of ice, fog, snow something postponed school for most of the folks in the northern third of the state on tuesday what was supposed to be a match but two of the top sophomores in the country in caleb first of fort wayne blackhawk christian and jalen blackman of marion got postponed to thursday so if you can convince the sweetheart a nice romantic dinner in Marion at say 445 in the afternoon and then go get your seats at the bill green arena that's how you can spend valentine's day on thursday and if you're flying solo then don't worry about it and get to marion and watch the game on
1: thursday so late breaking radar that's what you do on valentine's day and then go watch more hoop on friday so we've got all sorts of amazing stuff coming up join us next week to have the girls state championship games as well as the boys sectional drawings for Drake, this is Greg for Todd, Behind the Scenes. Thanks for watching by the thousands, especially
0: Drake's mom, here on State Champs Indiana. <laughs>